This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast Podcast Network, available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind for tuning in to a little thing we like to call the Ball on Blast podcast. As always, I'm joined by my guy, Mr. Andrew Webster. And Webby, first off, we're shocking the airwaves right now. We're back because we have- How does my beard look? Because how does the beard look? Hey, hey. As soon as this trade went down, people listening, longtime listeners will know exactly why we had to do this. <laughs> as soon as the trade went down, I'm like, I need to know what my guy Webby's saying right now. And the beauty of doing it the way that we do, where we do it for us, we get to pop up and talk about whatever we want, whenever we want. That's right. So here we are. Mr. Andrew Webster, there, there, there a deal that went down. Did I'm not sure if you're familiar. Yesterday with the NBA trade deadline, did something happen? Did our GM, Daryl Morey, the man with the biggest brain in the NBA, actually pull off what many had said would be impossible to do as Ben Simmons purposely tanked his own trade value to hurt the Philadelphia 76ers? Yes, I think he did. Yes, I think he did. Two weeks ago, people were talking about (laughs) 60 cents on the dollar. People were talking about De'Aaron Fox. People were talking about even worse, like some bonus, even worse, like just pieces here and there, maybe a couple of bench pieces, whatever you can get for Ben Simmons. No, no. We want a former MVP, a 10-time all-star, the prince of strip clubs everywhere in North America <laughs> and around the world. The man who's revolutionized oh, the NBA and basketball <laughs> over the last five years. Wow. He is now a Philadelphia 76er. Daryl Morey's boy, James Harden, is in Philadelphia. And even better, like we'll get into all the the details, but I'll tell you him opting in to that deal for uh, next season, the rest of this season and next season, opens things up for Philadelphia moving forward. It's, It's so big. It's so big. And let's not forget Joel Embiid's amazing social media game and the Troel Embiid tweets yesterday were unbelievable i'm I'm gonna let you cook because i know this has been a long sordid tale for the philly fans i'm gonna let you cook i'm gonna let you get off all the jokes all the happiness you know (laughs) i i'm i'm here for you i like seeing the happiness of my boy it's a little different the last time we kind of did this was when we made the trade for jimmy butler and honestly that was a little more optimistic time do you know what it was? No, 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 no. The last time we might have done this was when James Harden got traded to the Nets instead right. of getting traded to the Sixers. Right, right. A and little different vibe a, for you. A little different vibe, you know? It was a little different vibe. Uh, and even mm-hmm. a little different vibe from the Jimmy Butler thing. I think the Jimmy Butler thing, I was a little more even optimistic about that season. This is good for us going forward. Because it seems so. Hold like- on, hold on. Let me let me get the particulars out of the way. If in case okay. anyone's not familiar, the Brooklyn Nets traded James Harden to the Sixers for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first round picks. Also, uh, you guys get Paul Millsap. Did I get that correct? Hey, yeah, hey. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, just a little background in case people just happen to be on the timeline or on this podcast feed because they listen to some other things. The reason why this is a big deal is because 
Ben Simmons, as you mentioned, your boy in Philly, after tanking out in the playoffs, he decided that he didn't want to play anymore because his feelings were hurt. And I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm just stating the facts of what happened, right? His feelings got hurt after he felt like he got the blame for them losing to the Atlanta Hawks, which I will still sit here and say is an embarrassing move by the Philadelphia 76ers that you couldn't beat the Atlanta Hawks in the playoffs. Right. So Ben Simmons decides he wants a trade. The Sixers aren't going to trade him. They're in a stalemate on the flip side. There was James Harden who last season has now forced his way out of two situations that he picked. He wanted them to trade for Russell Westbrook in Houston. He had that happen. Then he forced his way out of Houston to get to the Nets to play with Kevin Durant. And now he's walked away from Kevin Durant, arguably the best player in the world, (laughs) to say that he's going to go play for the Sixers. And the trade goes down, and it's an insane, insane trade. And I want to ask you this question, because I know for me, I never thought this trade was going to happen. I didn't think so, because I just couldn't believe. Why would you, as the Brooklyn Nets, trade James Harden to a team that you might have to play and go through to win the NBA championship. That to me is so strange, but yet here we are. So I'm going to ask you, did you believe that this trade was actually going to happen? I know you were holding out hope, but the reality, did you see this trade going down? No, no, absolutely not. Uh, we, we had no leverage in this situation at all. We had somebody who refused to play basketball to raise any kind of trade value that he might have. He's a, still is a completely distressed asset. Somebody that we don't know. We don't know if he's in shape. You know, we know that in the press has been told that he's been having mental health issues, and that's no joke. That's no joke. I listen. I if it if he is, but I have a feeling that this is like the Philly the Philly flu. That as soon as he goes to a new team, those mental health issues yeah. will. Here's the thing. I, I want to I want to touch on this for a sec because this is something that really bothered me because I feel like the scenario that the whole world was just in for the past year. There are people going through real, real, actual things. So I'm not saying that Ben Simmons. You know, his feelings weren't hurt, but I'm saying as a society, we need to be able to differentiate mental health issues and just things that are being tough for you as an NBA player because things didn't go your way. And more importantly, I'm not trying to even say that I'm going to be out here and judging people's mental health issues. I'm just saying that it appeared that it was rather convenient for him to bring up said issues, right? When things weren't going his way, because we never heard about the mental health issues until Philly was worried about, did they have to pay him or not? And would the checks start coming or not? Or the fact that they weren't going to trade him immediately upon his request. Then we started hearing about these mental health issues when he needed to be excused from the team. And that to me is super slimy. That I think is taking advantage of a situation, taking advantage of a scenario that the whole world is in and using that for your own personal gain. Cause as Chuck and them were joking around about last night, magically now you're okay. Yeah. And magically now you're talking to Kevin Durant and you're thinking about coming back and being able to play. And you're so like, excited about playing for Brooklyn. Like, it, and honestly, it's this max of, yeah, it's, it's max of, uh, of almost fraudulent nature. Right. Yeah, and, and almost something a little darker that you would take something that a lot of people are dealing with 
and using it as an excuse to get you out of town and to get you paid. And I, you know what? It, it I, I don't even like to bring that up because God forbid he is suffering and that's not good. Yeah. And that is something that should be addressed, but man, it doesn't seem like that. It doesn't. Yeah. This to me, isn't a thing where we're like calling out. Cause I think professional athletes, there is a side of mental health that does come into play totally. But this conveniently, when all these things start coming out, when we find out about the money and you're not being able to get paid and now they're telling you, you have to come to practice to get paid and then you show up make a mockery of the practice get kicked out of the practice then we start hearing about these mental health issues it's like i don't know man so let's let's leave that aside for for a sec here and you're right it was a distressed asset for daryl morey and i just couldn't believe like i think i tweeted it out yesterday but how weird is it right that you have these two teams and how just done do you have to be with your two people that we're told are stars, which we'll get to later on and what stars and superstars actually mean, but how done do you have to be with those two guys that you would then trade them again to someone that you might have to play in the playoffs. That's insane to me. I can't picture that in any line of sports, pick the sport possible, right? That doesn't make any sense to me. To me, it's the it's the complete Jedi mind trick that Maury played on Sean Marks and, uh, and and the Nets front office because he basically said, "Listen, Harden's not gonna Harden's gonna opt out of his deal at the end of the year. He's you may as well get something for him, okay?" And he kept pounding that into into I want to say New Jersey into Brooklyn's head over and over again. Listen, I know I know James. James and I have a relationship. It's been communicated that he is not going to opt in with your team. So you may as well trade him to us. What else are you going to do? You're not going to get anything else from him. He only wants to come to one place and keep doing that and doing that. And then by the power of suggestion or whatever, convince Brooklyn to do it. It doesn't make sense. If I was Brooklyn, if I was Brooklyn, I would have held fast. Fine. Mm -hmm. Fine. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens at the end of the year. There's so many layers to this, right? One is what is the relationship between James Harden and Daryl Morey that it's that tight that obviously Morey knew that I'm going to hold on. I'm going to hold out because I know James can force his way out of the situation. And do you know how we know this? Because we watched it happen in Houston. And for the last week, week and a bit in Brooklyn, he started to do the same things that he did on the way out of Houston, which is disgusting to me. But look at that other layer because Maury was forced out of Houston by the owner, leading to Harden forcing his way out. So who knows if if Maury never sends that tweet about supporting Hong Kong? Are we even in this position right now? I mean, it's it goes so far back. It's like Inception. It's crazy. It's so strange. And then you know, for the Nets. So I thought. Why would I trade James Harden to a team that I have to play against? So imagine how that conversation goes down internally with like Nash, Kevin Durant, Sean Marks, and they're trying to figure out, okay, well, is this James thing? Like, how do we see this playing out? And if you're KD, like Kyrie's a whole other thing. We'll get to Kyrie in a (laughs) second, right? But like, if you're Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant just wants to play ball. So I think I totally see the scenario where Durant's just like, you know what? This guy doesn't want to be here. Cool. 
We can get Ben Simmons for him. Cool. Let me talk to Ben, see what he's saying, see how he's feeling. Yeah. James is my guy. We're going to be guys. If this doesn't work out for him, whatever. Cool. I'm a hooper. Ultimately, um, you're with you're with me or against me, and we'll go through you in the playoffs. Like I see that from Kevin Durant's standpoint. From James Harden's standpoint, this is psychotic behavior. You almost got okay. James Harden <laughs> is a career playoff failure. Yeah, we've seen it time and time again. Yeah, last season, put in the best position, Kyrie gets hurt. Okay, cool. Then James Harden gets hurt, and Kevin Durant still almost dragged you. To the conference finals single-handedly while you're out here limping with your bad hamstrings because you're out of shape and failing in the playoffs yet again. And you decide that this guy that was about to take me to the conference finals and beyond, if not for his toenail being on the three point line, right. And hitting that game winner that ended up tying the game, sending it to OT instead. You're like, you know what? I'm out and I'm going to go join Joel Embiid. And I know Embiid's your boy, but I'm just saying like, that makes hasn't had believe Kevin Durant. That's insane. Yeah. That's insane. Now it, it's funny that you bring up that whole like because this is what we've been told. Absolutely, this is what we know about Kevin Durant. No nonsense. I'm a Hooper, and I want to play with Hoopers. Is why he brought Kyrie to Brooklyn. They that was definitely going to happen. It's why he brought Harden to Brooklyn. But now he bring well he doesn't bring. But Ben Simmons comes back on the other end. And Ben Simmons, if we know one thing, ain't all about the Hooper life, okay? He's all about the having the super hot girlfriend life and what he's doing on Twitch and being photographed in Wimbledon with with this starlet or this TikTok star. It's like, that's not what Kevin Durant is all about, you know? And while we, we joke about Harden's extracurricular activities, seems like he's about hooping. Like when he wants it, you know, he's cooking. Yeah. He can when play. he wants it. When he wants it's it. It's gonna be very interesting on the other end to see how Simmons fits in with Kevin Durant's vision of the net because it's obviously Durant's so, team. Okay, so hold on, hold on. Which team do you want to do first? The Sixers or the Nets? And let's talk about how this improves their team and their chances at winning the East. Which team do you want okay. to do first? I'll let so you let's do, let's do the Sixers first. Cause I think it's a lot easier okay. because basically okay. all you're doing is replacing Seth Curry with a 10 time all-star and somebody who's revolutionized the game of NBA basketball. You get to keep your two best young players, guys who have shown incredible progress since they've come in the league in Thibel who is a defensive stalwart, probably top three, top five defenders in the entire league, and Tyrese Maxey, who, if you've been watching any Sixers games this year, you've seen this kid go from a really talented rookie to a serious piece of a team. He's awesome. The shot, the outside shot's getting better, and his ability to get to the cup now is unbelievable. He can finish. And he's, he's bought into the system, and he's a super smart player. Keeping both of those guys was huge for Maury and huge for the Sixers going forward. Because this isn't just about winning the East or getting to the finals this year. This is about keeping the team intact so you're successful over the next three years. And that's what they did with getting Harden to opt in because you get him for this year and next year, then – 
if you don't make it this year, you've got another trade chip where you can open up more money in Tobias Harris, who, listen, he could prove himself in the postseason this year and be awesome. A lot of pressure is now off of him offensively. Uh, but if it doesn't happen, if they bow out in the second round, you can flip them to a team like Oklahoma City and get like trade exemption back. You could get a lot of money off your books to bring in the Maury special, which is the third superstar. So if it's Harris, it's Harris. If we lose out, hey, no biggie. We got Harden, we got Embiid, and we can bring in a big free agent. So I think it was really a win-win for the Sixers. And I think it's, I mean, we had pundits, we had writers, we had podcasters, we had fans. All, you know, what can the Sixers get back? Meanwhile, in their front office with Maury, it was singular. It was get James Harden, and that's it. You know, and that's what we didn't know. Yeah. So, so you're totally Sixers, right. It's winning. You're totally right about that. I think they didn't know for sure. Like we didn't know as a public, we don't know the relationship between James Harden and Daryl Morey. And obviously he knew that, which helps him. Well, helps us understand why he was so just blatantly obvious about, well, I'm not trading Ben Simmons for just anything, right? Like yeah. it makes a whole lot more sense. Now, the other part of this to me, James Harden goes there and he's obviously, you know, there has to be some wink wink deal where he opts in and then he's going to get the big boy max after that. Right. Yeah. Cool. No problem. Whatever. I get it from the Sixers side. You worry about the long-term deal after that you're now, you went from a situation where you were wasting an MVP type year from Joel Embiid to now adding another MVP caliber player to your roster. So I think this is a this is a rare scenario where I'll say this off the front end. This is a win for literally everybody involved. Right? Yeah. Like, I, I, I and on the other side too. On the other side too. Yeah, for yeah. sure. No, totally. For right. Ben, like if you're the Nets for Ben, yeah. for Clutch, for Rich Paul, the only person that we're still up in the air about is Adele, but we'll figure that out. <laughs> she'll be okay. She'll something she tells me the ben, she'll be okay. She caught the Ben Simmons flu. <laughs> So, okay, let's look at the Sixers team and how the Sixers team looks now, right? That lineup is amazing. Keeping Thibold and Maxi is an incredible feat for Daryl Morey. Being able to turn Ben Simmons, who wasn't playing anyway, so he's out. And then, as you mentioned, right, which I, I give you mad props for, you're basically turning Seth Curry into James Harden. That's an incredible upgrade. Now, as I look at the Sixers as a team going forward now, right? I still don't see them winning in the East because, you know, I just think there are other teams that are better. I think Brooklyn is still a better team. We'll get to them. I think the Bucks are a better team still. We'll, we'll get to Bucks, them. Bucks, I agree. And, Bucks, I agree. And I, I, I want to see, like, I don't think the Heat are better, but I think the Heat no. give you guys a go. But here's, here's my real thing about the Sixers, okay? So... James Harden's career of playoff failures, well-documented. We all know <laughs> yeah. that. Your man's Joel Embiid is focused more about Twitter and social media and all he's that. And, and he's shouts, really good at it. He's, he's very good at it. And shouts to my guy, Cuffs the Legend, who said, Embiid talks a lot of trash, but maybe my guy should at least make the finals first before <laughs> talking all this trash on social yeah. media every yeah. single second of the day. And it's like, I just want to see it first, okay? I need to see James Harden be successful in the playoffs, and I need to see Joel Embiid last through two rounds of the playoffs, healthy. 
have yet to see that. So I don't think that's going to happen now. And the bigger issue for me with your Sixers is Doc Rivers, the coach that's going to figure this out. So again, better than Brett Brown when we traded for Jimmy Buck. Okay. Able to handle those big personalities in a, in a way more competent way than Brett Brown ever could. But you want to talk about James Harden's playoff failures being well-documented and Joel Embiid's late game and playoff failures being well-documented. Right now, it's the perfect triumvirate because we've got a coach in Doc Rivers who's, who can't basically since 2008 can't win the big one. Yeah, and chokes and away chokes, series. Chokes away series. What, what, he's the king of blowing 3-1 series leads or 2-1 series leads. It's, yeah. it's awful. But all you can hope yeah. for is that the talent now on the court, he's had really talented teams before, it, yeah. it is, enough, is enough to overcome the past. I agree with that. I agree with that. I'll give you that. And I think that's the, the one viewpoint. Now let's switch over to the Nets. What do we think about the Nets perspective? Because you're getting Ben Simmons and let's assume that Ben Simmons is okay, right? Let's assume that he's coming back and he's going to be, you know, at least somewhat close to in, he's in shape and he's close to what he was at his peak in Philly. I think this actually like, I hate that this worked out perfectly for Ben Simmons because this is a perfect scenario for him. A dude who's afraid to shoot. And now you're going to be still driving with all these shooters around in terms of Kevin Durant, Seth Curry still around with you, and Kyrie. You don't have to worry. Like Ben Simmons For not wanting to shoot, that's fine. Kyrie, Kyrie's going to be shooting. Kevin Durant's <laughs> yeah. going to be shooting. We don't need to worry about Ben Simmons not wanting to shoot. Plus, the other side is, in a weird way, Ben Simmons probably fits better on that team than James Harden because the one issue for the Nets was their lack of defenders. Yeah. And you know, how is your boy as a defender? You know this. He's great. So I want to hear you tell me. He's great. Ben Simmons no, as a defensive. Listen, should have won defensive player of the year last year. He's locked down. There's no better perimeter defender in the NBA. And like you say, he gets to go into a system where for a guy who doesn't want to change the way that he plays to become a better basketball player, he literally fits into a system that is going to accentuate all he does okay he's going to be able to get out and run and in the open court with the ball in his hands there's very few better players out there i'm willing to admit that 100 percent. he's going to be able to in the half court he doesn't have to touch the ball okay set screens set screens that's all you got to do but not only that but think about seth curry too because he goes from a situation where again there I, i don't think that there was a better situation for Seth Curry in the NBA than the Sixers other than the Nets because basically (laughs) he gets to go there and just gets to do what he was doing in Philadelphia only with more shooters around him giving him better openings okay now the only thing that's not great about this for the Nets is that it basically means that I think Joe Harris might be done yeah because yeah, we haven't heard anything about Joe Harris coming back. And the other thing that's super weird, and we don't know what the he was really are, good I'm not for even... them. He was really good for them in the playoffs last year. Yeah. I mean, when KD really, really needed him, though, in that Brooklyn series, Joe Harris was missing everything moving, but so for was sure. everyone, right? James Harden yeah. was limping around. It was literally Kevin Durant carrying I guess that team. The best ability, back. the best ability is availability, and he was available. 
Exactly. But the Nets now, I mean, Steve Nash is in a great position where you can run out all these wacky lineups. Like there's going to be matchup problems if you're facing the Nets. And I think a sneaky good thing was getting Drummond. Not that Drummond is amazing, but Drummond is a big body. Right. Mm -hmm. And now you have Drummond and Aldridge who you're really just trying to get. Like if you think of it in the context of, I know something that's near and dear to Raptors fans, Mark Gasol and Serge Ibaka, they both play like 20 to 25 minutes or so. You could even play some minutes with KD at the five. So it doesn't even have to be 25. You know what I mean? Like they could be playing like 20 minutes, if even 15 minutes, let's say. But the point is big bodies. Drummond was a guy too that the Sixers brought in that I was like, oh, this is going to be awful. And he was really good. Like he, yeah. he won a couple of games for the Sixers and yeah. this was a guy who like had been clowned on by MB and was able to come into the team and make some real, uh, some real difference to the team. So, yeah, like, I think, I think in the end, right. If we, we looked at the Sixers and where we think the Sixers can go, if we do the same thing with the Nets, to me, it's like, well, they got Kevin Durant and you know, that, that clip that's, he's like, you know who I am. I'm Kevin Durant. Yeah. That still holds yeah. true. And so as long as he comes back and he's healthy, the Nets will be okay. The Kyrie stuff, I don't really want to deep dive into like what's going on with mandates and all that. But I will say that I think by the time the playoffs roll around, those things, there might be a solution found for that. I'll say, I'll say that much without deep diving into it. But assuming that Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving are available to play, then add in, you know, the great pickup that Patty Mills was, who's a great bench guy, especially for the playoffs. Fellow uh, Ozzy you know, as well. Fellow Ozzy right? mm-hmm. with Ben Simmons. I just think like that team, that's a problem if they can stay healthy. Um, that's a big thing. If we go to who do you like in the East still? Like who who is your top team in the East? <laughs> I mean, I I say Philadelphia. Okay. I think okay. the, I, I I really do. If not, if not the Bucks, I know the Bucks have been scuttling a little no, no. bit. Hey, this is your again, opinion, my dude. I am mad at you for that. But the bet the best player in the NBA plays in the East, and I've eaten my crow about Mr. Atetokounmpo. Okay, uh, he played. Oh, he plays there are people in, the- in our mentions asking for your <laughs> your your comeuppance here on Mr. Giannis after his fifty point triple double to win again. the championship. Again, uh, the be- one of the best regular season players we've ever had, and now NBA champion, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, the best player in the NBA, plays in the East. So you can't count out the Bucks. I'm kind of surprised that they didn't do anything yesterday, but I'm sure they're waiting for the buyout. Well, the surge. To kind I'm of not mad at the surge move. I think them adding surge is a good, a good solid move for them. Do it's you not think a huge that he's move. even gonna like. I don't know how many minutes that he plays a game. I think it'll be Bobby, right. between him and Bobby's Bobby Portis. Really I think Bobby's been really good. Uh, I but we'll just, I, I like that move. I like that move. They, they could be players in the uh, in the buyout thing, but uh, I would say that it's yeah, it's Bucks or Sixers that are going to be one two. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the Nets. I mean, like Katie's not close to being back yet. That's the thing, and they're sliding in the standings. Right, they're sliding mm-hmm. big time, and and if they have to go through. Uh, a play-in tournament and get everybody on the same page in terms of chemistry. We'll see what happens, but they could be, uh, it, it really is. It could go one way or the other. The difference is with the Sixers is that we've been playing without Ben Simmons for the entire year and have been really good. Like yeah. we've been winning games. 
without Ben Simmons. And now, again, like you just throw James Harden into the mix. So we'll see. We'll see. It should be really good, at least regular season-wise, for us to get a top two. I'd be honestly surprised if they were the third seed. I think they'll be one or two. The Eastern Conference is insane right now, right? Like the Brooklyn Nets are in eighth, as you mentioned, and they're six and a half games out of first. Yeah. Right? Like the the Raptors are in sixth. The Raptors are in sixth, but they're what, four? They're four games out of first place. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's just like the East is going to be insane. And the matchups in that first round are going to be so uh, incredible. Like imagine you're the Bulls. Imagine you're the Bulls and you have this like crazy season. You finally come in first place and then you have to play the Nets in the first round of the playoffs. That would be insane. But here we are. And I think that ultimately, Webby, I just had to give you a shout to get your take on what was going on with the season. I'm going to be honest. There's Raptors fans in my mentions asking where the ball on or the Raps podcast has been. <laughs> You've been busy. And we've been busy. I mean, to be honest here, like, you know, the day job work on the Raptors broadcast that takes up a lot of time. Then on the side, we do this, uh, the DRF sports pod with the gambling pod has been going well with the football picks. And we do that twice a week. Things have just been hectic. And, you know, maybe, as the Raptors season continues and this, the NBA gets a little more spicy. Maybe there might be some more basketball pods coming. I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll leave that to uh, time. will tell. I'll say it that way. But Mr. Webster overall, I just want to get one your one last just overall take on how you're feeling right now about the fact that this trade actually went down. Cause I was left floored. I was left stunned. I never thought it would happen. And now it's happened, and I need, need these two teams to play in the playoffs yeah, against yeah. each other. I need that. We, we, that's why we want, you know, the, the, the Nets to be in this play-in tournament, uh, you know, get into that, you know, what is it, like seventh or eighth seed, and then have to play the Sixers in the first round. That's what we need, right? So March 10th is the first time they play uh, since is the trade. in Philly? And it's in Philly. Uh, ben Simmons and, will not be there. And there's no chance Ben Simmons is going to play in that game. There's no chance. Not a chance. However, not if he chance. does, if he does, on the small chance that he does, it is going to be absolute must-see television. It's going to um, be awesome. Yeah. And, and you know what's going to be hilarious? Tickets already for that game are in the thousands right now on StubHub. <laughs> You know, it's, you know, it's also amazing. It's going to give so much more time for all these stories to get leaked out. I saw Kyrie talk today and, you know, Kyrie's going to start leaking stuff. Oh, already, so him and James Harden weren't was, seeing eye to eye. Yeah. It's already that he was ready for, he was ecstatic that Harden asked for, out, asked out of the team. Kyrie strikes me as a dude that would be like, wait, I'm supposed to be Kevin's best friend, not you. Yeah, bro. <laughs> The NBA remains fantastic. And the NBA is so fantastic that it made me hit up my boy, Mr. Andrew Webster, and just be like, yo, we got to talk about this. We We haven't talked about the, we didn't even talk about the Lakers, what's going on with them. Right. Yo, this has been, been, hold on. This has been so crazy. I don't know if you watched that draft show last night, the all-star draft. I I just saw the clip. I just saw the clip of, uh, of uh, the last pick of the trap and so hard and uh, and, and uh, Durant going with Gobert and and LeBron losing it and it cuts to Durant and he's trying so hard not to laugh, just trying to be stone faced and at the end he cracks. Oh, it was so good. 
Well, because Barkley was just on fire, right? And LeBron, oh. like, think about how insane this is. That the Lakers are sliding like crazy, and oh. LeBron just in there giggling and laughing because the they might not be the biggest mess in the NBA, <laughs> right? Right? There's right. so much chaos going on elsewhere that LeBron's just like sitting, laughing, having a good old time, just because the craziness is elsewhere, and he's not the center of it for once. Yeah, insane. Right. The NBA is the best. It's not even close. We'll not have close. to. We'll, we'll have to get together again soon and break down. We will figure that out. Yes, we definitely will figure it out, but I want to thank you for coming on. Mr. Andrew Webster, where can people find you online? My dude. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Instagram uh, and Twitter, same handle at a Webster 84. We are rooting for my guy, Joey Burrow. Kids of star (laughs) this Sunday. uh, I'm sure, I'm sure you and Russell are going to break it down. Uh, all the props, all the all the good stuff. Yep. But I have already placed a semi-sizable chunk uh, on the Bengals. Uh, I'm buying in. I hedged a bit with a Cooper Cup for a Super Bowl MVP. Um, okay. We'll see how it works, man. I don't know. I'm not a pro like you and Russell on this on this gambling thing. I need to listen more to figure out because what you guys have been doing on that show has been awesome. Uh, definitely, if you're out there watching this, make sure you check out uh shelly and uh russell's gambling podcast what is it is it still called the, the drf sports no it's, we're on the drf sports podcast now they they drf sports i mean podcast. it's crazy that we called it i'll name this football pod later and a year and then later, later. <laughs> we named it later because the checks started coming in funny <laughs> yeah, how the world works isn't it? <laughs> but webby thank you for that cross promotion because this is the ball on blast podcast Part of the On Blast Podcast Network, as Webster mentioned. If you're looking for more content from us here, you can find that on the DRF Podcast. We do that twice a week where you get your gambling picks for NFL, some NBA stuff, lots going on there. And of course, I'm going to try to bring some more back on the On Blast Podcast Network as well. So lots of content everywhere. Follow me on social media at Shell Alexander on Twitter, at Sheldon Alexander on Instagram. Same thing goes for YouTube. Like and subscribe. That's how you support the movement that is this, the On Blast Podcast Network. And I mean, hey, I used to close out every podcast saying this, and I guess because Philly... And I guess because of Meek Mill's relationship with your man's James Harden, Meek Mill was right. He told us a year ago this is going to happen, right? And hey, what better way to close out the podcast and saying again, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Ball on Blast podcast, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast podcast network. Available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla.